my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Hill podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are doing well wherever you are and that the sun is shining on your face, so you're staying warm, that you're staying cool, that you're staying however you need to stay for you to feel comfortable, and I'm sending blessings and love your way. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about three ways to optimize your community. So, you know, lately I've just been really meditating on how impactful community is, how beautiful it is, how amazing it is when your community comes together for you, to help you, to support you, to love on you, to make you laugh, to turn up with you, to get ratchet with you. Like just community is healing in so many ways. And it really is the ultimate form of love. You know, we can spend a whole lot of time romanticizing romantic love as if it is something that is more rich and more tangible. However, the core foundation of romantic love is friendship, is community, is being somebody's person. And we luckily all have the opportunity to find our people, to find our soul family and the people around us. And so, you know, I talk a lot about friendship and community and opening up here on the podcast, but I thought it might be good for us to kind of have a resettling episode, to have a, an episode that reminds us that we have to have full access to love and the people around us and the people who we call our sisters, that we call our friends, that we call our play cousins, that are the coworkers that we kiki with, but we haven't taken it outside yet. Or we do, but we have trust issues or, you know, all the other different variations. I really want to encourage us to build these sisterhoods and these tribes because they are the ones that get us through. And if you are in a season of grieving friendships, friendships that maybe you've outgrown or maybe you've lost over time through tragedy or through conflict or, again, just outgrowing each other and going in different directions and you are wanting to have community, but you've kind of been on the fence to start, I'm going to set this here just to plant the seeds so that when you are ready, that you have something to come back to or that you have something already in the back of your mind. And, you know, this is especially important for me because right now I am really focused on building the outside community factor of BGH. We've had a few different events over the years outside of our retreats, which shout out to the ladies who've already signed up for our Portugal retreat. I'm so excited for y'all. I'm going to have a great time for those of y'all who have been on the fence about the Portugal retreat or you've been meaning to sign up, make sure you do that. There's only a few spots left because again, we keep it small. That's this September. And then also for my recovery school students and retreat alumni who are coming to see us in Mexico this fall, I look forward to seeing y'all. That's an alumni only retreat. 
So I know many people have been emailing, asking if they can go. If you are a recovery school student or if you're alumni, then you can come. But outside of that, you know, we've had several meetups in BGH. And so we're going to have a few more meetups this this month, actually. And we're actually going to have a healing circle. So for those of y'all who don't know what a healing circle is, don't worry, I'm going to talk about it in today's episode. But I really want to make sure that we are giving y'all the tools to build this community and build these sisterhoods and build this connection outside of just the podcast, newsletters and programs and everything else. But again, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. For now, let's go ahead and jump on into this week's episode. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved, and hypoallergenic. Get 25% off your first order from thehoneypot.co slash summer. That's T-H-E-H-O-N-E-Y-P-O-T dot C-O slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today. So hopefully you are here with me for today's episode because, you know, whenever it comes to talking about friendship and building things, that are really healthy, sometimes those are not the sexiest titles, right? Sometimes the the ones that really grab our attentions are the ones about heartbreak and, and moving on and, you know, being my best self and all that stuff. But I want you to know that the secret, well, part of the secret sauce of getting there is having your people. You know, you've heard me say maybe 3.9 million times now <laughs> over the course of these five, five or six years of doing Black Girls Heal. I'm longer than that now. Lord, Lord, time is crazy. 
But you've heard me say so many times how the core of an intimacy disorder to heal it is not to try to do life on your own, but it's to learn how to bring people in, to be vulnerable, to be seen, to let yourself be loved in addition to the love you so freely give. So many of us are great lovers when it comes to friends and when it comes to being a parent and when it comes to being a caregiver and when it comes to being a lover. But when it comes to us learning how to receive, that's part of the interaction. It's supposed to be mutual. It's supposed to be equal. And so that's the part we need to work on. And once you build your community, you get the blessing, you get the gifts of being the receiver as much as you get the gift of being the giver. So one of the blessings and benefits of healing and being your best self and being happy is having that soul tribe. So I'm going to talk about three ways to optimize your community. And then I'm going to give you a few things, maybe one or two ways to find your soul tribe in real life at the end of the episode as well. Okay. So the first way for you to optimize your soul tribe is to start practicing soulmate love and connection with them. I'll say that again. Number one is to practice soulmate love and connection with them. So what do I mean by that? There is one of those mindfulness manifestation metaphysical teachers that I really love. Her name is Esther Hicks. So she was having a seminar and there was a woman who came to talk to her and ask her a question. And the question was something to the effect of, you know, I'm a single woman and I want to have companionship and partnership one day. But the things that everybody teaches is to act as if the love is already here act as if it's here and then it will manifest and to to really sit into that emotion. But I'm really confused on how do I do that when I don't have a partner or I'm not even dating anyone right now to practice that with. And so I can't remember the exact response that Esther gave, but it was something to the effect of, so you're saying you have a lot of love to give. And so the woman's like, yeah, she's like, if only there were other people in the world that you could practice giving all that love to. You know, the audience laughed and and I think it was a little bit, you know, her, if you're not familiar with her, her way is a little bit sarcastic, but it was said in love. And she went on to expound on the fact that sometimes what people will do is they will withhold their love because to go back to what I was saying in the intro, they may idealize that only that the best type of love and connection that they can get is from one singular type of person or relationship. And they will miss out on all of the other abundance and happiness that that's available. And so if you're new to the podcast, to be clear, I am not one of those teachers when it comes to romantic relationships. That's like, be happy by yourself and then, you know, squish all of that desire for companionship and partnership out of your heart, because that's the reason why you're single. If you're if you're happy being by yourself, then then that person will come. I don't teach that. I feel like that's really gaslighty and I feel like that's unfair. I believe that to be human is to want to have companionship in some form. And so trying to, you know, psych yourself out and convince yourself that you don't ever want partnership forever and ever in life. Like, of course, many of us go through seasons where we're like, can't be bothered. But if you are in a season where you want both, you want to have a full, healthy life with friends and loved ones and family, and you want to have a partnership, that that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're not loving yourself. It doesn't mean that you're lacking anything. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that you're insecure. It's okay for you to have that desire. But to go back to the point, 
is that some of us will not live our full life because we're waiting on a person and we're waiting on a, a circumstance and we're waiting on a situation. Meanwhile, we have, you know, train loads and bus loads of people who are going in front of us and they live around us and they're in our phones and, you know, they invite us places or they're standing in line with us at Target. And, you know, the same meet cute that we wish to have in HEB, HEB is a local Texas grocery store, <laughs> by the way, or in Trader Joe's or whatever grocery store it is. Like if you're a single person, you want to like meet your person in the grocery store, you can meet your best friend there. You can meet your business partner there. You can, if you are open to love and connection in all forms. So before I continue to trigger some folks, because I know that, I know that when it comes to building adult relationships, many of us have tried and it's hard, right? You know, you don't know sometimes that people are actually open for friendship and relationships. And even if they are, it takes time to build. Even when you meet people who you click with, you know, you have to work around schedules. You have to, you know, go through the process of trading life stories and information and build trust. So it's not an overnight process. And so I want to I want to say that and I want to validate that. But my main point in the midst of all that validation is really that if you are a person who has access to community, but you are not utilizing community in the way that you would a lover, then I would really encourage you to do so. So, and that's for single and that's for partner people too, especially if you're finding that you're at a stage in your partnership or in a place in your partnership where you're realizing that this person is amazing and that's why I chose them. But also I need to be able to have deep conversations in a different way. And I want to be able to have fun with other people too. And I want to be able to express myself in other ways. And this person meets me as much as they can, but this is this person may not share all of my same interests, my same identity, and that's probably why y'all are attracted to each other. So it's okay for you to want to build tribehood and sisterhood and community outside of them. And if anything, doing that makes your relationship better because now you're coming back more fulfilled, you're coming back more happy, you're coming back with stories to tell them versus the same mundane things that you do all the time with them in your daily routine. And so this is for everyone. So practicing the same things that you would expect and do, want to do with a lover, are you doing that with your friends? So I remember, I remember I went to go visit a friend in San Antonio and, you know, just a casual, hey girl, I'm going to come to your city and come through. My friend brought me a bouquet of roses and I was so shocked. And she was like, yeah, like I just really... And so she was one of the ones who first planted that in my mind. Like I thought I was already a good friend, but just seeing how she loves her friends totally leveled up. And so she told me at that time and, you know, I've seen her actions and through and beyond that, she's like, yeah, I just feel like we need to love our friends in the same way that we would love others and love ourselves. And so she just brought me some roses and then we went and got tacos. Like it was just so like... It was just so casual. And that's just the type of person she is. She's really phenomenal. And so, and she's so loving and so caring and so intentional about checking in on the hearts of her friends and also, you know, holding the standard that she receives it as well. You know, she's not someone who, which is something that I've had to work on. I've watched so many other women and clients need to work on is sometimes we can over 
we can do those types of sweet things for our friends, but it's because we become like the mom of the group or we start to, we don't know how to function without taking care of others instead of just sitting and receiving. But what I love about her, one of the things I really learned about her is that she expects the same from her friends and not expects that other friends give in the form of gifts in the way that she does, but she expects and holds a standard that the people that she lets into her inner circle are they available to her as well? Are they loving to her as well? Are they treating her with the same intimacy and love that she treats them? Okay. So for you, if you are known for giving partners gifts and everything, are you giving your friends gifts? Are you treating them to things? If one of the things that you miss from being in a partnership, and of course, this is just top of mind because this is the type of issues I deal with all the time. So forgive me that I, that I use a lot of single relationship focused example perspectives. But if you are someone who's single, who's missing being in a romantic partnership is one of the things that you miss confiding in a partner and being able to call them and just being able to tell them, you know, what's going on or just being able to call them and talk about nothing, you know? And if that's the case, how often are you doing those soulmate actions with your friends? Are you building that type of, that type of trust? You know, you didn't, Get. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. That place with that person overnight, you built that over time. And so if that's the case, you can build that type of intimacy and love with your soul family. And so I would encourage you that if this is if this is kind of making sense to you, if this is clicking, that you write out a list of what are all the things that I want, that I like to do, that I miss, you know, because some of you, again, are in great partnerships already. And so this is just about you expanding what you already do with your soul family and your soul tribe. So what are the things that I, I like and I expect? And I like to do for my partners and my lovers and make a list. And then at the end of that list, see how many of these things am I currently doing for the people who are my friends? 
And again, if you're someone who's building friendships, at the end of the episode, I'm going to share a couple of things for you to do to find those friendships. And then, of course, if you're here in Houston, you'll be able to come to our meetups and come to our events and, you know, even maybe even come to our healing circle and meet some friends who are learning the same things that you hear about here. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. The second thing for you to do or second way that you can do to optimize your community is to use them for accountability and advice. So this may be a duh thing for some people, but this isn't obvious for everyone. Some of us, we are really great at telling our friends what happened and telling an amazing story and catching up with them and, you know, maybe even being really vulnerable about the things that have happened after the fact. But when we're going through it, when we don't quite know what the answer is, when we're, when we're struggling, when we're feeling really insecure, when we have those really negative, nasty thoughts, those core beliefs that we're like, man, like if I tell her this, she's going to think that I'm crazy or she's going to think that I'm silly or she's going to be so sick of this being my insecurity. I've already told her once or twice. I'm not going to tell her again. I would really encourage you. The best way to optimize your community, one of the ways to optimize your community is to volunteer yourself to be seen, to be vulnerable, to let people see you stripped of all the things that you use to to cover up the places that you feel that you're lacking. Because 9.9999999999 times out of 10, the places that you feel like you're lacking are, they don't even exist. They're fables in your mind, right? And your friends see pieces and parts of you that you can't grasp because of childhood trauma, because you didn't have access to the love and support that you deserved, because you were in a relationship with a narcissist that tore you down and you're building yourself up. Like there are so many reasons why, because you live in a society that's built on making women feel not enough and feel ashamed of their bodies and their mind and their sexuality and their beauty and their talent and their voice. You you know, you got a whole lot of things that have been stacked against you. For those of y'all who I'm combining y'all and us because it's something that I, you know, I actually have to unlearn too. But for those of us who like feel bad about feeling bad, it's like, man, like, why can't I just work through these insecurities? Girl, you got a whole world that's working against you that is capitalizing off your insecurity in more than one way, in more than one sector. So, of course, it feels overwhelming. But this is not on you. You know, this is not something that you have created. 
but it is an opportunity for you to be aware of it so that you can move forward. But guess what? Guess what? When you are living in community, you don't have to fight all those demons on your own. Y'all, I've, I've said before, you know, I teach this stuff and I am not ashamed and I'm not afraid to be like, this thought is hard. I need support. And, you know, I would call a friend or a mentor or a brother or, you know, someone who has been a guide to me. I will reach out for support. I'm not afraid of that because what I don't want to do is spend my life suffering the way that I have for so long. You know, once I started to get access to freedom, to self-love, to emotional support, and that I can be seen by people and not be judged and still be loved, and if anything, they love me more, I was hooked. I was hooked. And so I moved towards my community versus away. So again, number two is use your friends and loved ones for accountability and advice. So to move towards them looks like when things are happening in the moment, when you're having an insecure thought and you're just laying down and you're trying to like journal through it and it's not working, or you go, you do a run and you feel better in your body, you know, you exercise and you feel a little bit better, but the thought is still there and it still keeps coming back. Maybe that's a sign for you to get out of your head, get out of yourself and ha- let your community support you. Let them tell you perspectives and give you feedback that you would not be able to see on your own. You know, the reason why we have community is because we all have our own different lifestyles, our own different personalities, our own set of, again, life experiences that they bring to the table. And so their outside perspective is usually when you're in a healthy community, is really good about neutralizing all of the different things that were really hard for you and also bringing levity and bringing joy. You know, if you're over if you're over analyzer like me, it can be very easy to see a place of growth and maximize it, make it really big. And when you are connected to people who are really grounded and really full of love, they're able to make what you thought was a mountain just like a little speck. You know, they may they'll acknowledge it and, you know, maybe validate that it's real for you. <laughs> Or that is real, real for you or real, or a real thing. You know, those are two different things. If you can catch, catch the tone of that. But either way, they will validate you and help you bring you back down to earth and allow you to move on. So I love that about community. And I would encourage you to allow them to, to be there for you in that way. One of the things that I really teach my students to do when they're in the recovery school is to learn how to initiate contact with people and reaching out to them is literally one of the main things that we they, that we work through. And so if that is something that you want to work through, that's a good place for you to start either in action. If you want support, then of course, you know, the program is available, but just practically want you to start initiating to your friends and your loved ones. To learn more about working with me directly in our recovery school program, that is a coaching program that I use to help women heal from the symptoms of love addiction, love avoidance, love deprivation, and the trauma that causes it to make way for a healthy love with themselves and with others. And so if you would like more information about that, you can go to therecoveryschool.com. At the time that I'm recording it, it is still on that flash sale that I talked about in last week's podcast episode for 15% off at Recovery 15. So don't miss that because I never put the program on sale. So 
I look forward to supporting those who are ready and shout out as well. I've already welcomed the women who've already joined, but shout out to the new ladies who have joined. I'm so happy that you're here. And the last way that I'm going to share for today's episode to optimize your community is to start a healing circle. So I looked it up. It's been three years and I cannot believe it. Three years ago, I introduced healing circles here on the podcast. So I want to say it's episode 65, 66, something like that is in the 60s. But that is crazy. So three years ago, I talked about starting a healing circle, which is combining an accountability group with a girlfriend check-in with the components of kind of group therapy, self-group therapy, and healing and growth into one experience. And so first of all, healing circles have always existed. And if you go back and listen to the podcast episode, you'll hear me talk a little bit more about that. The healing circles in so many different forms have already all, always existed throughout cultures, throughout ceremonies and traditions and all that. Again, when we think about things like group therapy, which is a group of folks coming together to share, to process a topic and go deeper together. When we think about 12-step meetings, which I'll know is part of my background and being a Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous was my main fellowship and just talked about how I've talked about how freeing and amazing it was to be in a like-minded group of women because I went mostly to women's meetings. Near the end, I started to go to co-ed meetings and I met the most amazing men and built friendships with them as well. But to be in a group, be in a circle of people who were normal people just like me and were struggling with the same things and we're all talking about our stories and there's like structure around it so that it makes it safe so that people aren't talking over each other and they're not dominating the room and so everybody is equal and everybody has a, a chance to shine and then of course bible studies when i was leading bible studies when i was part of bible studies and just feeling the magic in that room of being connected to spirit being connected to each other going deep feeling inspiration having a text that brought you closer together and that you could take with you That is what the aim of a healing circle is, but to bring in all the emotional things that we go through as women, right? And to have a format and to have a shape that we could come together as friends, as soon to be friends, as a group of women who just want to grow and learn together and learn how to hold space for each other and learn how to be seen around topics that affect people who deal with love addiction and love avoidance and love deprivation and codependency and childhood trauma and low self-esteem and also who want to grow and be optimistic and to heal and to build friendships and to grieve and to celebrate and to do all those things at the same time within a shared language. I introduced the concept of healing circles here under the umbrella of this community. And I published one book in 2020 as well that had 12 different lessons related to building the healing circle and also how to construct the healing circle and the, the bylaws of it and how to create safety and how to support other women without you talking over them and trying to fix them and also making sure that there's a safe space for everyone to, to feel like they can share and that everybody's in it together. So, and that book is on Amazon. And so, you know, again, I, I didn't realize that time had flown so much that three years had passed and just, you know, the pandemic just really conflated time together, <laughs> just put everything together. And, you know, this, I remember when it launched, 
and getting all these stories from women from who built a healing circle within their sisterhood friendships within their actual sibling groups with their moms, you know, and that they were using it to get closer together. And I just thought it was beautiful. And I love that. And so I really wanted to remind y'all that that is a really amazing thing, really amazing option for you to have. The thing that makes a healing circle different than catching up over brunch or over dinner, even though you totally could, if you wanted to do this in a restaurant or some other place, you could. But you're coming together with the intention of looking at a topic related to inner healing, inner growth, and y'all are taking turns talking about what the share of that meaning means to you. And there are discussion questions that bring you deeper. There's ways and structures for y'all to hold support for each other without that allows you to learn how to express what you need. A lot of us don't know how to talk about our feelings. We don't know how to talk about the hard things. We don't know how to talk about things without rushing through it. And if we do know how to talk about it, we don't know how to do it without having shame around it and embarrassment. And so when you're doing it in the, in the realm of a healing circle, especially whether we teach it here, is there's built-in validation, there's built-in support, there's built-in safety there. And I really want you all to have that because learning how to talk about the hard things in a safe space makes it so much easier. Like you feel so much more encouraged in your everyday life. You don't feel alone. You feel more confident. There truly is healing in community. And also, if you are someone who does want to have a long-term romantic partnership, or if you currently already do, it helps there as well. Because now you, so many different ways, now you're learning skills to communicate to your partner what you need. Or for some of us, you have an outlet outside of your partner. You know, our partners, even for those of us who are lucky enough to be with our soulmates, right? They're also another human being who have their own set of trials and stressors and things that they need to go through and that they are going through. And so even when they are the most willing, they cannot always be a conduit and a place for us to process our deepest ills. And sometimes that can feel like rejection. Sometimes that can feel like, well, they don't have time for me. Or maybe it can reinforce if we have a fear of being a burden, it can make us want to go inward because we feel like we're dumping on our partner who doesn't want to hear it, which they do. They just also can get tired sometimes or We may not know how to say what it is that we need. And so we ask them for support in a way that they think we're asking for a solution, but we just want them to listen. And, you know, miscommunication stuff happens. But when you have like a healing circle where this is built just for that, you get to have that outlet and you get to have that safety. So, again, I would really encourage you to build a healing circle. You can find that book on Amazon. It's called Black Girl Healing Circle, and it is the foundations volume. And it's right now the cover is a really bright pink book. And, you know, where as I publish more of those books, we already have all the covers set. So it's still going to be a pink cover in case those of y'all, in case there's someone who's listening to this way in the future. Um, But right now it has a pink cover with hearts on it. And the next ones will be, well, I'm not going to tell you, but it's going to be like a light pink with like maybe some florals on there. It's kind of what we're looking at right now. Um, I said I wasn't going to tell you, then I told you. There it is. <laughs> so you can go ahead and start there. So for those who have been listening and are like, okay, this is great, but I need 
to find my people. I need to find some friends. I'm going to share a list of things that I've shared a little bit on the podcast and some things that I have not shared on the podcast before. Um, some of these will probably stretch you, especially if you don't current, currently have a soul family. There may be some things that you don't want to do or you may be uncomfortable doing, but that's okay. That's how we grow. And like all things, you can take what you need and leave the rest. So the first thing I'm going to share is something that I actually haven't specifically said here on the podcast, but I think it is really important. And I want you, I would encourage you to open yourself up energetically, spiritually to finding your soul family. Open yourself up energetically, spiritually, mentally but for sure, emotionally, mentally, especially emotionally, spiritually, and energetically to friendships. One of the things that can kind of keep us stuck is we will say we want friendships and we will want it, but we're still operating from a spirit of fear. We're still operating from a spirit of expecting people to fuck us over. We're expecting for shit to go sideways. And the thing about expectations is we can always get what we are looking for. We can always manifest what it is that we are thinking is going to happen, what we're ready to happen, what we're open to happen. So even when the good things come, we're still seeing it through the lens of when is this going to end? And you you seem nice, but let's see how long this is going to last. And that skepticism is really great for our self-defense. And it's really great for our protection. But when it comes to actually being able to enjoy something good. So let's say you're someone who has that perspective because you have gone through a lot of betrayal and trauma. It's real. You're not imagining it. Right. And so you have that defense and that skepticism to help you stay safe. That's amazing. So what happens? Well, that's not amazing. Like, I get it. So what happens when you meet someone and you're having really great legitimate experiences with someone that you're growing towards friendship, it's going to be really hard for you to sit and to actually be happy and to trust them because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You are, instead of enjoying connecting with them, you are categorizing and quantifying experiences. You're taking a tally. You're, you're measuring things to try to see what's fair and what's not fair. You're over you're in hypervigilance mode when it comes to, to threats of abandonment and rejection. And the reason why that one especially is, is a problem is because what we all know from research and from experience of being an adult is that to grow a friendship as an adult takes time. And so when you are an adult, you have more responsibilities, you have lives, you have all this kind of stuff. And so if you have a very high threat response towards abandonment and rejection, Someone not being available for a phone call, someone, you know, not being available to hang out when you want to hang out or, you know, y'all having some different connections is going to feel as if this person is not safe. And this could potentially be a very deep, lasting, loving friendship for you. But you are on guard because of what you feel like may be a sign that they're not available, but really they're just an adult adulting like you are or they're a new person. And y'all don't even know your communication styles yet. Like y'all just met each other. So what you think is obvious when it comes to communication and expectations and being available and saying what you need 
you think it's obvious that another person thinks that way and knows that, but they don't. And so y'all have to have a conversation about it. But when you're coming to go back to the main point where you're coming from an energy where you are coming from lack of trust, you are not going to trust anyone around you. And that's if you meet somebody. Usually when you're coming from negativity and lack of trust, it's really hard for you to meet people, period, because that that sourness, that that pessimism, that don't mess with me energy goes ahead of you. And the only people that get through, like you may think that the people who get through, if if you're doing that, not because you actually want people to stay away, but as a form of self-protection. So there's still like that air of openness. The only people who get through to that or want to move towards that are people who are like pickup artists or people who are narcissists. And so they can see, they can see behind that bravado is a lot of insecurity, you know, and they're kind of attracted to that. They're attracted to the drama and the trauma. Healthy people don't have time for that. Healthy people will try to start a conversation with you and then pick up all your vibes and say, okay, well, I guess she's not interested. And they'll move around because they respect boundaries because they they pick up what you're putting down. And that's what you want. You want people who respect boundaries. You want people who are open. You know, even recently I went on a trip and, you know, I had to kind of take my own advice because I had lots of opportunities to meet people versus staying in the little, you know, little, little group that I was in, right? Instead of moving out of it. And, you know, I could tell the difference between my energy coming in, coming into the trip. And, you know, I had a car that brought me to the resort I was staying at. It was really beautiful. And it was a a little ride from the, from the, what do you call it? From the airport to, to the hotel. And my happy open energy was not on. It was shut down. You know, I was being polite because I have home training, but I wasn't really trying to you know, I entertained this, this driver who was really trying to like have a conversation with me and I wasn't sleepy and I wasn't anything. I just, you know, wasn't talking. And so by the end of the trip, I was like, Sheena, you are, one of the things you love about travel is meeting new people. And there are all these people that you have an opportunity to meet. And so I did what I told y'all to do in the first one, which is opening my energy. And I said, okay, I'm available for love. I'm available for connection. I'm available to meet people. And y'all immediately, immediately, I had these people who I met at the beginning of the trip come back up to me and they're like, you know, you're such a light. And they were like, we were talking about their family and just having all this really great conversation. And like one of them ended up paying for my fees (laughs) at the end of the trip. They're like, you know, just come back again. We really loved having you. And I was like, like literally took money out their wallet, didn't comp me, like literally took money out their wallet to pay, which was so sweet. And then what do you call it? Then on the way back to the airport, I had a different driver and same thing. I decided to open my energy and had the best conversation in Spanglish (laughs) talking about life and love and family and connections and, you know, all this stuff for 45 minutes going up to the airport. And it was the best conversation, you know, and I think sometimes we can get really used to, I hear the joke all the time of, we want to have friendships and we want to have relationships, but then that means I got to go outside. Oh, that means I actually have to talk to people. And if you're like me, hearing that I had a 45 minute conversation with someone already, you're like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, 
Um, maybe about five, 10 minutes before 45, I would have put my headphones on like I did in the first one. Like I told him, I got to take a nap and I'm going to be doing work and da, 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 everything I could to like cut off the conversation. But when you have an open heart and open energy and you're attracting the right people, that is 45 minutes of fun. It's not 45 minutes of you having like sit and listen to someone drown on and you got to be polite with someone you don't have chemistry with. You're inviting in your people. You're inviting in your soul family. And so that was a wonderful 45 minutes <laughs> conversation. It, it actually kind of ended a little bit too early. You know, I was surprised. Like time flew. It didn't even feel like it was a 45, 50 minute conversation. And I had other experiences like that too. So opening up yourself spiritually, mentally and saying, I'm open for love. I'm open for friendships. I'm open for relationships is really important. Okay. And that's where the faith comes in at of you having trust that good things are going to come because you are truly open, right? If you go into it saying, well, I want friendships, but I don't know, you ain't open, girl. You're still operating from a spirit of fear, okay? And the thing that I always had to teach my students and other folks to to learn when it comes to having an open energy, like sometimes you don't want to have an open energy because you're afraid of who's going to get through. If you're working on your self-love and who you are and what you deserve and what your standards are, Even when tomfoolery comes in front of you, you're not going to let them get too close because you've been working on your standards. Like I, I am open and I'm full of love, but I know what energy gets to have proximity to me. And if they're not coming correct, then I can dismiss them with love. And I don't have to sacrifice who I am and my joy and live in fear every day because I'm afraid of maybe one day I might meet somebody who wishes me ill. As long as I'm clear on what those red flags are and what it means to be available versus unavailable, then I'm, I'm set. I'm good. I'm good to go. Okay. So that's the first one. That's the most important one. You got to open your energy. Otherwise it's going to sabotage everything else. The second thing that you got to do is you do have to initiate. This is probably going to be the second one. That's just like the first one that some people are going to be like, I don't know about all that. And you're going to have to initiate. That means you're going to have to go outside or do things that will connect you to people to meet them outside to build those relationships. So for example, we have things like Bumble BFF, which, you know, sometimes you meet people who are not really that committed and they're dealing with their own issues. Like that's actually one of the things that came into one of the things that was an issue with the healing circles at the beginning too. So for those of y'all who've been here for a minute, you remember them when I talked about that episode or maybe like a few weeks later, you know, I paid a programmer, I paid a web developer, I did all this stuff to create us a free directory on the website for people to find people to be in a healing circle. And what happened was we had about 600 people join the directory, but only about 300 or so people created profiles. And then I was getting messages saying that women were feeling like really dejected and sad because they were reaching out, but they weren't hearing back. And so all these women with abandonment issues that joined very hopeful and happy to meet other people were getting ghosted. And so that the same kind of dynamic that sometimes happens in dating, including friendship dating. And so, but even with that, even with that, if you're choosing to not meet people outside, sometimes that's just part of that process. So Bumble BFF, I know, oh, I don't think I sold that very well. <laughs> I was trying to validate. I'm not going to cut this out because I want to be real about what happened so that you know I'm not just coming from like this 
pie in the sky and go outside and, you know, look at the rainbows and then your friends will come. Like, I know that it takes it takes work, but I just want to validate that sometimes with Bumble BFF, you got to go through several messages before you meet someone who you actually click with so that you can go outside and go to brunch or go to take a painting class together or go and, you know, skydive or go and do a hike or go and do ATV riding, which is one of the meetups I want to do here in Houston because there's an ATV park. I was thinking maybe July, even though it's really hot. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Houston gets crazy. It gets disrespectful as far as the heat and humidity here. So we'll, we'll have to see, but I thought that would be fun. But anyways, you find your people to go and do those things with. And so if you don't want to do the apps and you want to go outside, it looks like shooting your shot for friendships in real life. So this, and I mean that, I mean, picking up a conversation with the girl in Target who is wearing something that looks really cute and saying, girl, I love your outfit. And just starting a conversation with her and asking. So after you compliment her, say, are you from around here? And, you know, if she starts to back away and gets weird, then, you know, don't chase her. <laughs> but if she's friendly and she has an open energy as well, continue a conversation and just see how that goes. You know, maybe waiting, maybe staying behind someone in line so that you don't, if you're afraid of bothering someone. But most importantly, going to eventbrite.com or maybe meetup.com, but those types of websites that typically the ones that take tickets for local events in the city and searching for events that look really fun to you and going to those events and starting conversations with people and trading information. You know, whenever I do like online workshops that y'all can go to, you know, y'all be chatting and connecting in, in, in the little chat bar and everything in the little chat group while I'm teaching and encouraging each other and loving on each other send each other a DM, like a private message and exchange information there. You know, even if she's not in your same city, building a friendship with someone who gets it, who gets you is really beautiful. And if you're already in my programs and if you're already in the community, then go ahead and DMing those people and exchanging information as well there too. And then, like I said, coming to the live in-person events when they happen and meeting your people there and, and seeing who you connect with as well. So. Those are some things. So just to recap, opening up your energy to be available. And then number two, going outside and initiating and shooting your shot to meet people. The places you're going to meet those people are places that are either one, designated for fun. So events that, you, that are built based around a joint mutual interest, whether or not it's a conference, a workshop, an event, a women's brunch, something, right? Church. If you are spiritual, religious, a meditation group, if you're are, are not or a sound bath event or a yoga event, you know, go to those places, make it so that you you make sure that you are going to talk to at least four to five people. And I say four to five because you may you're most likely to get someone who is like at the baby level of social interaction, you know, so they're there just for the vibes and they'll like make a conversation, but they're not really there to make friends. And you don't want to have a conversation with someone like that, especially if y'all kind of click a little bit. And then you can tell once it comes to exchanging contact information, they they either don't want to or they don't initiate it or they do. But you're like, I'm never going to hear from her again. <laughs> That's really deflating. 
And so you want to talk to more people so that you have more interactions, mingle, work the party. If you have social anxiety, I would really encourage you to use one of the tools that are at your disposal to work through that fear and anxiety. You know, we teach a lot about tapping in the recovery school program and using that as a resource. We have a lot of self-help scripts. Oh, I can help you with a self-help script if you're one of my students and you're like, ah, I want to work on this. I want to work on going through this right in the community. Let me know what's going on and I can help you through what that looks like for you there. But yeah, four or five people. So that way, you know, at least a couple of those will probably result in you actually communicating with them past the event and also helps you with having practice around this. So whether or not you have the social anxiety or if you don't, but just you putting yourself out there to build friendships and build relationships can be very vulnerable for the most social of people, right? Because you're, you're needing something, you're wanting something, showing your full self. And so the more you do it, the easier it will be. And I'll say one more thing about that. Making sure I would encourage you to be open to friendship in all forms. So you may, let's say you're 26 years old. You may be listening to this podcast being like, okay, I'm only going to go and try to make conversations with other Black women who look like they're between the ages of 23 and 28, because then maybe we might be friends. Or maybe if you're 26, you're more like 24 or 25, right? Because they're closer to being baby professional ages like you. You don't know if your friendship may come as an older woman than that. You don't know if your friendship may come as someone who is um, a different race or ethnicity than you. You don't know if they may come, let's say you're femme presenting, you don't know if it may come from someone who is mass presenting or non-binary, but you don't basically what I'm saying is your best friends don't always look like your twins or your soul family may not just look like a twin, a photocopy of yourself. So be open to that type of friendship. So I was saying you're going to shoot your shot in two places, one that's designated for fun and connection and two places that you go frequently, you know, so, you know, your grocery store, your, your regular nail salon, whatever it may be, start conversations with people. You never know what may happen. You never know what may blossom. And that can be an option. So like I said, here in Houston, we're going to start building more community. Uh, I told, <laughs> I told, and I know I've talked about this on a podcast before, but I told my friend Stacy, student term friend Stacy, who's been trying to help me get these social things up, that is time. And so we're starting this month with a social on Juneteenth weekend, just coming together and hanging out. And then we're going to do another one at the end of the month. We're going to do a healing circle. That's going to be a facilitated space where I'm going to teach a little bit, but we're going to do a healing circle. So I'm really excited about those two events. So I will be talking more about that. There's no links right now for you to for you to sign up for those things, especially the healing circle, because that's probably going to be unlimited group just to make sure that we can have a closed space so that there's not too many people there and everyone has a chance to, to share and everything. But I will be talking about it on our mailing list. So if you want to go to blackgirlsheal.org slash list and join us there, you can join us there <laughs> and I will be emailing it out. If you have not gotten any emails from me in the last couple of weeks, that means that either you have unsubscribed 
and you are no longer getting emails or you are subscribed and everything is in your spam and promotions folder. So go ahead and check that if you don't want to miss out on those announcements. Then I'm also going to be talking about it on social media as well so that people who are not on the email list or who may miss the podcast or want to share a post will be able to do that. So stay tuned to those two channels, the email list or social media, primarily Instagram, Facebook, and I will try to post it on YouTube. Usually I just post the lives on YouTube, but I usually don't post the stuff I talk about on social media. But I can see if I can start to get my assistant to help me so we can change that. And for those who are not in Houston and you're like, I want to meet people. (laughs) As a reminder, on June 22nd, Thursday, June 22nd at 630, I'm having a town hall where I am doing live coaching. So I'm answering all of your questions that y'all have. If you have a question related to anything that I've talked about here today or any other day around relationships, love, family, trauma, life, codependency, healing, whatever, uh, you can bring it to the town hall and I will be answering people's questions. Actually, when I do live coaching, it is on Zoom so that I can actually talk with you. So that is available. And you can register for that by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash town hall. And your own accountability groups with the things that we talk about here. But that's it. I hope that y'all found this episode helpful. I hope that it helps your friendships blossom that already exist. And I hope that it encourages those who have been wanting to build friendships, have some hope and have some things for you to do to move closer to that. So that's it for today. I will see you in our next episode. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.